This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at PWG for Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 20, number 20. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and once again, we are here to answer your questions, and by your, I mean our patrons. That's right. If you are a patron of the show, you can ask us questions that we will then answer on this show, and the way to do that is to go to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for one of our Patreon tiers and that way you can ask questions on this show as well as get swag at whatever tier you're at uh, possibly even you know all the way up to like Skype phone calls with us and all kinds of great stuff uh, you can also get in- involved in our pay-per-view patron pickums and uh, and that way you too can uh, can join us on one of the WWE's big four pay-per-views and possibly win swag or even become the new champ. Current champion Chris White is waiting for your challenge. It'll be coming up at WrestleMania next time that happens, but only if you are a patron. So head on over and check that out and help us help support this show. Help us do what we do for you. Uh, And thank you to everyone who is already a patron for helping us out, for supporting the show. We do greatly appreciate it. And no amount of words can express how grateful I am and how Nick is as well for you guys and all that you do for us. Yes. So, yes. And to so do Nick, that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Exactly. Right? That's where that is, right? Uh, also, BWOpodcast.com. This show is for you guys, patrons, uh, for all answer all of your questions. Uh, and if you guys want to get in on yours, you can certainly sign up. But all of our social media stuff and all that, I won't rattle those off all over again. You can find everything either in the description below here on YouTube where we stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. But head over to uh, BWOpodcast.com, join our Facebook group, get in our Discord server, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. We're in all the places. You can just come follow us everywhere. We're trying to make a goal in 2020 to put up content everywhere and somewhat exclusive to each platform in a different way. So one of my own personal goals that I want to have for this year. So not only YouTube, but Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Have you guys heard about this new TikTok thing? The kids are using this TikTok It's like Vine. It's like what we made with Vine 10 years ago, but nobody liked it. But somehow now it's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, I just took anyway. enough pills to fill up a, this ramekin because that's how I get served my pain pills and my stuff for my busted wing. In case you guys missed uh, the previous episodes this week, I was out with shoulder surgery, so we are in full-on recovery mode. But blessing in disguise, no rotator cuff tears, no hardcore damage, just a blown-out bicep tendon. So, yeah. Got Good a nice times. big old incision down my arm. Good times. Going to be a fun six weeks while I try to run this shit one-handed for the next couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not... We got a ton of questions in this week, Surrey and Dangerous, and I don't yes. want to waste any more time with my blah, blah, blah. When? Let's just get right into the questions. Let's do it. Uh, kicking things off with Abraham. What are your thoughts on the shunning, the shunning of ex-WWE talent, Sasha Banks, that rubs elbows with AEW. I agree that at some level there should be a no-compete type of view on these things, but I think some actions taken put WWE in a bad light overall. Also, still dizzy from Nick's promo. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you're you referring to. Abraham. Walking in a circle giving a promo, dude. It was like a, it was oh. like a dog looking for a place to, to lie pacing. down. I was, I was foaming and pacing, waiting to get out, pacing out of my Pacing is back cage. and forth. You were, you were I've been wearing a hole in the floor. I've been to a recliner for four days and not able to leave that space. All right, let's get to his question. Uh, shunning of XWW talent. I think he's particularly referring maybe to Vicky Guerrero, who we talked about in the last show, as saying that once she appeared on AEW, WWE stopped returning her calls and they wouldn't let their superstars come on her podcast um, and just kind of you know won't talk to her. I feel like it's 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 shunning. For as long as it's advantageous to WWE, if they had like an Eddie Guerrero memorial event, they'd call up Vicky and be like, come on, come back on. It's not, oh, I don't sure. think, that hardcore. Um, a lot of people in, in AEW still talk to people over in WWE and vice versa. You know, it's not like, uh, it's <laughs> obviously like Britt Baker was in the crowd at NXT and they showed her accidentally, but it was still, you know. It's not like it's it's like a hard line. It's not like it's it's as hardcore as it was back in the WCW WWF Monday Night Wars days, where like if that Britt Baker thing had happened, it would have been a big deal. It's not a big deal these days. Yeah. It feels to me just like kind of general corporate policy. It doesn't feel like it's personal. I don't feel like. I, obviously, it sucks for Vicky Guerrero, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. It's business. You cross that line, you're on the other side. You're gonna. You're if you're supporting the other brand, you can't support both brands. So they they saw that as okay. If you want to support them, go over there. You know, work with them. That's fine. But she there's has also to a lot of how it's, there's also a lot of podcasting inside baseball that's happening here as well, and that's something that you guys need to understand. There's a little bit of this being a work, some drama to I'm to sure get some too. hype around some stuff. AEW yeah. just launched their podcast this week yeah. with Tony Schiavone and I believe it was uh was it Dasha? No, uh Aubrey. Mm-hmm. So Aubrey was the first one on there. So Tony's going to have a podcast. Yay. It's the yeah. checkbox, right? Everybody's got to have a podcast. Well, uh, and this is the, the thing is WWE is very very much sticklers about who they let go on podcasts. We've reached out to try to get superstars on this show and been met with unless you give us just, like talk favorably, there's only certain questions you can ask. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason that Sam Roberts has all the stars on his show is because sure. he's not—he's right—he's not going to push the envelope. They don't want the envelope pushed on any show that their stars are on. And now, yeah, that, look at what know, Corey's doing. But that's also a work. He's also trying to push envelopes. His whole point of his podcast is to give the impression he's pushing the envelope. Um, and uh, you know, he's ha- had to have pitched it that way. Hey, I'm going to say stuff that sounds like crap I pull off of Reddit or Twitter. Um, and try to you know stir these people up. It's going to bring more ears to it. 
basically, like he's working on controversy. That's his right. market. So, yeah, I basically what I'm saying is I don't think that WWE is wrong to pull people from Vicky's show. That's just their business practices, and that's how it's always been. It's probably um, not Vince. It's probably, but, it's, it's PR yeah, people exactly. doing that stuff. It's probably not even like Vince saying, "Ah, screw Vicky. How dare she?" Ah. It's it's no. That, it's just business. Straight. It's a cold massive multi billion dollar yeah. corporation that has an army of PR people and social media lights. So, trust me, they're this, they don't need Vince to make this call. This they're, yeah. they're doing this. They're protecting the company. Yeah, I don't rate it too highly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting here going, "How dare you, WWE, you evil corporation!" It's just. In other news, we got on business. AEW's official press list. Yeah, we, so that was a very easy email. Right. And it's, the response was, sure, we'll add you to the media list. Oh, th- thanks. Well, cool. I wrote this right, really right. nice kind of form letter <laughs> professional email and introducing us in the show. To, sure, we'll add you. Oh. Ah, okay. Well, okay. And then I just start getting this floods of emails that, that you know, like all their stuff they send out to the awesome. press every week. Awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. Thank you very much, Abraham, for leading us off with a good one. Next up, Billy. Really? Welcome back, guys. No yeah. TNA question this week. So you've been tasked, gentlemen. You need to make a horror movie with current wrestlers. Have oh, we God. done this recently? I think so. In kayfabe, who fills all the roles? Director, writer, oh, God. Director, writer, final girl. <laughs> I like that. Killer, heroic boyfriend who dies in a stupid way. Any and all horror tropes you can imagine. Uh, bonus points if you have a twist ending. Thanks for all you do, guys, and thanks for keeping it fun. Oh, Jesus. This feels like a bonus episode. This is... <laughs> <laughs> we could have some fun just, with this one. Just because, like, I... And this happened last time where I totally forgot that Jay White would be a great killer because, you know, knife pervert. Right. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I, I could give, like, a quick answer off the top of my head, but I could give a much more entertaining answer if I just, like, sat down on the couch and stared at the ceiling for about half an hour. Right. Um, I mean, director, I obviously, right off the bat, I think Paul Heyman would be really funny as a director. Or Vince, you know, just screaming and yelling um who would write the show i don't know um vince russo <laughs> that would be a horror movie then <laughs> It'd right. be horrific uh final girl for whatever reason alexa bliss is the first person that pops up john carpenter presents john john, <laughs> <laughs> john Car- yeah right um uh john carpenter presents the matt murders uh final girl I, I, like I said, Alexa Bliss is the first one that pops up. She feels like a final girl. Now that she's a face, let me put it this way. Now that she's a face, she feels like the final girl. Dana Brooke. Um, no. Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke would be dead in the first reel. Dana Brooke would be dead, Dana Brooke would be dead in the, like, before the credits ran. What are you talking about? Come on. So directed by, uh, written and directed by John Carpenter. Final girl, you've got Alexa Bliss. I say Dana Brooke. Uh, let's Dana go heroic Brooke. boyfriend, and then we'll finish off with killer. Uh, I mean, who Otis. do you have as the- Otis? Otis. That's just too obvious right now. But I mean, who else would be a good? Um, he he dies because he gets distracted by a ham. Johnny Gargano seems more <laughs> like a classic heroic boyfriend, right? At least before his heel, his recent heel turn. Yeah. Like he's he's a, he's kind of a classic heroic boyfriend. Um, you know, just just the the goodest guy. He's just the goodest guy. White meat, white whitest of white meat baby faces. Uh, who just would just walk right into like the worst possible death? Yeah. Oh God! Oh God! It's, it's meat grinder on my legs. He walked oh, into God, a I... bush hog. <laughs> <laughs> he saw a ham in there. 
That's Otis. <laughs> well, oh, were we talking about something? I missed. I saw about Johnny Gargano do something stupid, oh, like the yeah. heroic boyfriend. Otis. I was yeah, stuck no, on you, Otis. Yeah, you, he's distracted yeah. by a food item, food yeah, stuff, and piece of ham and a bear trap. That boy's dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Otis, not the ham. No, don't, don't. No, Otis, don't eat the ham. Don't eat the snap. Oh God, Otis, <laughs> back no. on. My God, Otis. <laughs> No, Otis would, right. like the, Otis, like, Otis would be like the, the fat best friend who always had a crush on the final girl, but like, that, like the boyfriend dies and he like sees he has his chance on the final reel. And like she almost, she's like, oh, you're actually a really sweet guy. And then he dies like saving her. That would be Otis. Oh, so he wouldn't good. be the boyfriend. Sacrificing yeah. himself to save the final girl. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so good. Twist right, ending. Final. Twist ending. The final. Final, girl, final girl actually did it. Alexa Bliss is actually the murderer all along. I'm going to go Tucker is the killer. Oh, Betraying Otis. You're just stuck on Otis being in this right now. He's like, no. O- Otis, Otis, Otis plays is... every part. Otis is Otis comes back at the end. He's fine. The bear and, trap and it, didn't kill him. With that in mind, let's tie it to real life. It's going to be Mandy Rose as the final girl. Tucker is the betraying killer, and Otis is the heroic boyfriend. Written and directed by John Carpenter. And, <laughs> and Dolph Ziggler survives till the end. Written and directed by Eli Roth. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Not the fire ants. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Pancakes, he's, what? He's pancakes. been mummified alive Why and fed to scarabs. Those kung fu and screams pancakes. Oh, it must be an Eli Roth film. Right. All right. There you go, Billy. When we get going, we get going. Oh, Jesus. Thank you very much. Next up, Brian asks, with the Hall of Fame coming up, I was wondering who you'd like to see make it in at some point and long overdue, Victoria. If you could possibly name top three male wrestlers, top three women wrestlers, and top three tag teams, if you want to throw in a manager or celebrity as icing on the cake, that'd be cool, too. Um, um, well, celebrity, I, 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 this is one I've been proselytizing for, for years. Um, girls just want to have fun, the rock and roll connection. You know what I'm saying? I've got to go all the way back to that. Um, as far as, uh, let's see. I mean, Chris, the fact that Christian's not in is rid- ridiculous. So was, he was one see. of my three. What I've got, Cindy Lauper, I've got Christian, I've got, um, let's see, Vader has to go in. Um, who do you got, Nick? Christian was one. And I, I was. I, I did that thing where I questioned somebody that's already in there. Um, so that one's out. Uh, t- 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 I had to verify it. Um, Edge. If Edge didn't come back, I would. Edge would be a no-brainer for me. Isn't Edge in? Edge is in. I believe. Oh so. God! Did I do it twice? I think Edge no. is in. No. Check it out. God, I feel horrible. Um. God, we do this every time. I know. I always forget. Like, yeah, 2012. <laughs> wow. I guess it was after he retired. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They thought he was wasn't coming back. Oh. Um. The, I'm surprised they didn't put Jim Needhart in. Um. Let's see. Women. Women. women who, who do you have for women? Victoria, obviously. So they 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 put in the Heart Foundation. They didn't do him solo. You're th- as the anvil. Is that right. what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. I think they sucked that. Yeah. But they got so the British Bulldog. British Bulldog. British Bulldogs going in, going in this year, likely. Yeah. Um, they should put in just the British Bulldogs and get uh, Dynamite Kid in there too. Mm, that'd think. be good. Yep. Um, but as far as women, Victoria, Miss Elizabeth, 
Um, yes and yes. Bull Nakano. If Mickey James is done, I'd like to see her in there at some point as well. Uh, Jazz. We yeah. Jazz. Oh, Jazz needs to go in. You have to put Jazz in there. Um, as far as guys, who have I got? I got Christian. I got Vader. Um, Brian Pillman. The fact that Brian Pillman is in there is, is, a, is a crime, too. Is You know, the one that I, I'll admit that I had to look up at the beginning was Mick Foley. I wasn't completely sure what capacity he got inducted in. As uh, the Mick other one Foley. That comes, I, I know, but uh, the other one that comes to mind there is Al Snow. Al Snow's not in? Is he I don't, not I, in? I, I, I suck at this game, by the way, guys. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, I haven't really looked at like the list of who's in and who's in and who's not. Um, I just have the ones that I like off the top of my head. Tag teams, uh, demolition, obviously, but they're never going to go in. Like I, I just mean, said, you, British, British Bulldogs. Snow, one of Al Snow's monikers are, was, you know, the the greatest wrestler you never saw. Right? It was. Yeah, uh, so I just I feel like was his gimmick silly? Yeah, but it was over as hell, and he was a fantastic worker, and just. He did some training for a while, you know, all of that stuff. I, I'm a huge Al Snow fan, and I, yeah. I, I would love to see him get in there. If Mick got in there, I'd love to see him get in there. I'm shocked Al's not in there, but I guess, you know, a lot of people aren't in there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just off the top of my head. Uh, there we go. Tag I'm, teams? I'm sure we miss people. I said Demolition, uh, British Bulldogs. Uh, yes and yes. <sighs> Hardy Boys, are they in there? Uh, they've got to be right. I don't, well, they're still wrestling. Not hard, so. uh, Hardy. Uh, the, the, the Hollies. I'm sorry. Not the Hardy boys. The Hollies? Ho yeah. Hardcore I mean, Holly. Crash Holly. Molly Holly. Crash should be in there if he's not in there already. Is Crash Holly in? Are you on the Googles? Yeah, I'm, 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 I've got I'm one hand. Crash Holly should Google. definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and so should. Actually, is. Not in the Hall of Fame. The Dudleys? Are the Dudleys in the Hall of Fame? And if so. I, if so, do this, does, that in, does that include Spike Dudley? Because if it doesn't, it should. That boy took the most hellacious bumps of the 90s. Period. Yep. yep. So. Spike Dudley was the unsung hero. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> right up there with Al Snow to an extent. <laughs> uh, all right. That's mine. Crash Holly. Jonathan Sprague in the, in the chat, the natural disasters. Oh, God. I think they're both uh, tugboat and earthquake. They're both in there on their own merits, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure John Tenta's in there. He's got to be in there, right? That's one for JB. If he's not in there already. Like, yeah, JB. Putting in uh, some Brian asked a second question for you. Uh, he says, what would you say was the best horror film from the last decade or run one that really stuck with you? Oh, God. You're and asking as the, to as the uh, owner-operator of Orbital Jigsaw, I would say this is a great moment to say Horrorpalooza, yes. a fantastic seasonal podcast that debuts during the month of October where he goes over all of that stuff for the entire century. I do. <laughs> Uh, I watch 31 movies for 31 days in October, and I, I make a podcast about it. It's a lot of fun. I actually, I might, I might have to do like just Cabin in the Woods. That's a really good one. Yeah, but that's kind of like that's kind of like more of comedy, satirical, like you know. Yeah, but I mean, if are, are, we're not breaking down subgenres here, we're like no. Was, but if I'm going to say like your the favorite? best horror the movie, best. I'm going to that's that's I can't put that at the top because it's not really a horror movie. It has horror movie elements, but it's more kind of poking fun at the whole genre. It's really good. I mean, you've got the holy trinity of The Witch, It Follows, and Babadook in terms of like awesome, awesome, straight-up horror movies. Um, movies that I've seen recently that, like in the last few years that I was like, that have stuck with me. Um, it's not really a horror movie, but it's, it's horrific, and that's Bug um, with Michael Shannon, uh, oh. which is, dude, 
uh, this that freaking movie. Uh, it's it, it's hard for me to describe it because it's basically a people stuck in a room, um, going insane. And uh, Ashley Judd gives probably one of the best female performances I've ever seen that was given no love whatsoever. It's uh, she's that's one of the best female performances I've ever seen in any movie ever. Like it was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but it's just them going insane in a room. Bug is awesome. The remake of Suspiria blew me away. I know it's controversial. Some people didn't like it. I freaking loved it. Um, a movie I watched this year that was really awesome and underrated, Autopsy of Jane Doe was great. Mm. Uh, I'm just thinking of like underrated movies right now because a lot, of, like, a lot of like good movies got love, but movies that I saw that I'm like, I knew nothing about this. Pie Wacket, P-Y-E-W-A-C-K-E-T. Pie Wacket was an awesome little indie horror film that yeah. genuinely creeped me out. I think they showed too much of the critter by the end, but it genuinely creeped me out. Raw was a really slept on uh, French film Big that time. was disturbing as, as hell. Starry Eyes uh, was a movie that I thought got slept on majorly hard. Body horror. I'll, I'll throw like, Green Room in there as a slept on. Green indie. Room is awesome. Green Room is awesome. So is um, uh, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, if you want to see just an absolutely just gross, gross horror film, Baskin, uh, a rare Turkish horror film, uh, Kill List is a really slept on British horror film that will just mess you up at the end. I Saw the Devil is probably the best Korean horror film I've seen. It's, that or Train to Busan, but this is more like just gritty, down and dirty, disgusting movie. Um, and then I got to throw out some love for We Are Still Here. That's another slept on movie. Uh, what? Don't look at me like that. I, this is this is my other like this is one of my other passions. I could go off about this. All right, we are still here. I'll end on that. <laughs> God damn it! I love it. No, I'm just enjoying watching you go. I like just, I'm like hey, Kevin in the woods. You're like <laughs> Here's my PhD thesis on horror films of the 2010. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I'll end on We Are Still Here. Barbara Crampton. If you loved her in Reanimator, she's she's milftastic in this, and it's a really freaking amazing Lovecraftian horror film. I'll, I'll stop there. Those are There's a bunch of them. Boom. I mean, uh, my honorable mention I'll give is the uh, the It's, uh, the It uh, adaptations. Yeah, again, I, again, mainstream. They did, a, I yeah. was shocked at how good those were. I wanted yeah, to hate too. them. I wanted, The second one was eh, but the first one, I was out of the park. I was shocked. Very big part of my childhood. I wasn't ready to enjoy them as much as I did. Yeah, same. And second viewing and third viewing has been like, I really like these. Oh, Esmeralda, <laughs> The Ritual. God, you're so right, girl. The Ritual is fan, fantastic. It's on Netflix. The Ritual, outstanding. Andy Serkis's um, uh, special effects guys did the monster in it, and the monster is one of the coolest monsters you've ever freaking seen. Also, wow. shout out to The Void, which I think is still on Netflix as well. If you like The Thing and Lovecrafty and stuff, The, the Void is awesome too. Um, absolutely, The Ritual, totally awesome slept on movie. Yeah. Boom. Yes. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, next up, Sean asks, as always, thanks for putting out the effort week in and week out, fellas. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, brother. Uh, who do you want to see MJF feud with coming off the back of the Cody match? Ooh. I don't, it's, it's tough to think because he has such good chemistry with Cody. There's such a big story build there. Like, it's going to feel like a, a letdown. Not a letdown necessarily, but like a, a less, less than. No matter who he goes against, I'm, you know what I'm going to say? Jungle Boy, 
Two young guys Moxley. get each other over. Moxie, Moxie's too obvious. That's the first thing I thought of, and I'm like, it's going to pale in, in comparison to the Cody I, feud. I think Moxley's going to take the championship off oh, of Jericho, no. and I think MJF is going to be his heel foil to try and go get it, and that's going to be the big build, next big build. MJF has earned it. They're not going to give MJF the title until later down the road when they can create a story where Cody takes it off of them. Calling it right now. Agreed. Okay. We just booked the next year of AEW. Yeah, but in the meantime, who's going to have the first <laughs> match? I think Jungle Boy should because they had a great sure. match with some good chemistry a, a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it'd be great for MJF to needle the kind of Jurassic Express. It'd be a good way to transition him down out of the, one of these top feuds. And uh, it's two future superstars having a, a feud together and elevating each other. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Boom. Totally. Thank you, Sean. Uh, next up, Yardi De Wanamaker. Uh, he did confirm in the Facebook group that I did say that correctly. Uh, I'm just unsure if it's Yardi or Jardi. Is the J is the J silent? <laughs> the J silent. The J is silent. Uh, hey guys, I've been wondering if the WWE it's silent. It's ever. A y, but I, I, that's why I, I don't know. Please correct us. We're so sorry. Please correct. Yeah, us. Us Tell know. us what the right way is. Uh, but shout out to uh, to Belgium. Uh, thank you for being a patron, man. Seriously. Uh, hey, guys, I've been wondering if the WWE will ever do a major pay-per-view outside the U.S. Mm. Interesting. We haven't had one of those since the 90s, if I remember right. Um, the only one I can remember is SummerSlam 92 yeah. in London. What do you guys think that the chances are that the WWE will ever do a major pay-per-view outside the U.S.? P.S. Amazing promo, Nick. Thank you guys for the amazing content. I, I don't know what promo you're referring to. Yeah, sorry. if you say so. <laughs> Nick's promo. You guys keep Get calling out. it a promo. He was high as a kite. Right. Good grief. Floating around in circles. Um, what do yeah. you think? So here's my concern about doing keep events. Kayfabe real. Keep kayfabe real there, Nick. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I, my problem with events is they're trying to go bigger and bigger. They're going into baseball stadiums now with 100,000-plus capacity. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the Rose Bowl one year with 110,000 to try and fill that thing up. It'd be miserable getting in and out of Pasadena, but... <laughs> I've been to the Rose Bowl once, the actual game. I'll never do that again. Um, but anyway, the, the thing I was getting at was the venues here in the U.S. have some of the largest capacities in the world outside of the global football arenas. Uh, so footy arenas and stadiums typically have massive seating capacity. Right, like they can put 150 thousand plus people in some of those football stadiums. Well, as I, if I recall correctly, SummerSlam '92 was 80 thousand people. Yeah. The, the, so the the question is is the, is Wembley. the is the is the demand there? Yeah, Wembley's 80 thousand. I think they got up to 85 or 90 now. They've rejiggered it somehow. Right. Well, that's the, the um, thing is, it, can WWE put on a show over there that's going to draw that much right. now in the current climate? Um, will there ever be a major pay per view? I I don't see why not. But the question is when and how and what. Um, I think the most likely possibility is them going back to England, um, going back to the By UK, major going back to London. I, I assume he's talking about one of the one big of the big four. four. But I mean, yeah, it, well, just a major event in general because they're doing they'll do tours out there, but they're not doing pay per views out there, yeah. right? They're just doing a tour of shows. Um, so I I would actually be curious if it's lucrative enough to just go out there for one pay-per-view these days or if they make more money going out there and doing a whole bunch of shows. Here's the thing with events, big, big corporate events. They're, they're booked out two-plus years in advance. Like You have to book the venue two-plus years in advance. So we've, the, that calendar is set, unbeknownst to us, 
for the next two years, most likely. They've probably got the next two WrestleMania, at least the big four pay-per-views for the year. Yeah. For each year. They've probably got those slotted and slated and booked for the next two years and maybe beyond. So it would be so far out, we'd just be guessing at this point. I, I, I can't see them doing that outside of the U.S. for the big four right now. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that is happening. It's untested. Um, one of the pay-per-views for AEW this year they want to have in London. Yeah. So AEW wants to have a big show out there. So that's something to keep your eyes on. And if they, 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 if on they see show. the numbers drawing from the European tours and things like that, they go to India, they go to Asia. If, if they see the draw happening there, If AEW goes over there and crushes it, WWE might come around and be like, okay, we need to do a pay-per-view over there too. Okay, there's a difference between AEW pulling 15,000 people and trying to fill eighty to 100,000 seats in a Does, does AEW, venue. though, go over there and try to do bigger numbers than that? Do they go over there and say, like, try to shoot the moon and get, like, 40,000 people into a place? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, do they try to go to a football stadium and try to put on a huge show? Like, Let's see. How ambitious are they going to try to be with this? Yeah. You know? Could be. I, I would love to see it. I'm not naysaying it. I just, I'm not, I'm skeptically optimistic. There you go. <laughs> As always. There you go. Thank you very much, Jardy. Uh, next up, Martin asks from the UK, uh, this might be a bit too long of a question not to be a bonus show, but if WWE set up a tournament for the best NXT men's champ, who do you think would win? Also, can either you recommend a good RPG? We'll get, we'll get to the RPG in just a second. This is a good question. So I want to make sure. Let's wait. Let's, so let's a tournament, this. a tournament of the people who've been NXT Men's Champ yeah, to I find out who the best one is. It. So like, yeah. Sami Zayn, Seth, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins, Seth, yeah, Biggie, Bo Dallas, Finn Balor, Nakamura, uh, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre. Um, who else? So uh, Cien Almas, Andrade. Um. Yeah, Champa, uh, Adam, Adam, Cole. Adam Cole. That would be the greatest goddamn show ever. By the way, if you had a tournament between all those guys, can that just be a pay per view? Like the, like the whole four hours, just like give just me running, that. running down those names. And I know we missed a few, but just running down those names, I'm like, God damn! I'm Kevin Owens. The bracketology. Uh, and it's it's a random lottery draw for your place too, like the '64, like March Madness. Oh my God, the bracketology Jesus. we can do with that. But he's he's asking, and this isn't this isn't no no no. If we were to actually like, so here's the difference between a, a like what we have to do for a bonus episode and what we can do on this show. A bonus episode would be like, okay, give me all the matches, break it down, who wins, and give me the whole through line to who wins the whole thing. Just saying, who wins overall? We can do that right now. Who would win overall? Create as the, the greatest? G one in WWE with all of the <laughs> NXT men's champions, and, and tell us what happens every night. Uh, yes. That's Nick booking right there. That's, Ooh, a, that's, that's the yes. Nick booking show right there. Nick Nick books the G1 in WWE. There you go, man. That's oh, you can work on that next. That's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Make make that get that ready by the time the G1 happens in New Japan. Um, who wins overall? Who wins the I've tournament? got till October this year. <laughs> that's true. You got extra time. Yeah. Uh, who wins? Who is the best NXT men's champ? Who wins the whole thing? I'm torn between Finn Balor and uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. Man, man, I don't know. I think it comes down to, I mean, you've got Seth Rollins in there, dude. Like, it's got to be Seth, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, all in the conversation for the finish. I don't think Drew's in the conversation for the finish. Because he wasn't, nah, he wasn't champ that long. Well, he got hurt, and he was was on the fast track. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, levels of importance and length of reign and... 
Oh, we forgot poor Bobby Roode. Did you say Bobby Roode? I, I said Bobby Roode. I okay, said, okay. Yeah, I, I, I said him. Nakamura, too. God, he would be a good one, too. Oh, my God. Um, he had a pretty decent run. Kevin Owens had a good run, too, for a while there, until Finn took it from him. Um, <laughs> As we says, you're both wrong. It's Angel Gaza. Angel Gaza has never been the NXT men's champion. Not yet. He's been a, he's been the cruiserweight champion. Um, there is only one man who has the for all of the five the minutes NXT he's men's been champion. In, that is in NXT. <laughs> oh Gaza. yeah. Oh god. There's a pay per view match. Main event: Finn dong Balor. Dong. Finn Balor versus Angel Garza in a dong match. Dong match. Finn Balor comes out. <laughs> he shoves his junk into the camera first thing. Angel Garza. He takes his dime. You know you have to. Yes. You have to take your time with these things. Seduce He's a them, more bring them in, and then halfway through the match, rip off your pants. Behold what I've been hiding underneath the entire time. The Garza Dong. Behold and weep. Weep at the sight of the Garza Dong. That's right. If China was the ninth wonder of the world, was the Garza Dong the tenth? Um, perhaps. I, I don't know. It's a tie between him and Fim. With an exclamation we're, point. We're steering right into this Garza Dong thing a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> no. What All are you right. talking about? We've been talking about stupid, stupid, sexy Finn for years. It's just finally someone came along that could stand up to him. Martin, so I got to gotta tell you, my gears are turning. This is one of the better questions we've had uh, because I actually want to write this. I actually want to create this. So uh, hang tight. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. This this could once we get file that away Nick with booking Nick booking to mania, that we may, or, we may or may not ever hear. Oh, I'm gonna I might surprise you. Okay, well maybe even by uh, the end he of- says. Also, can either of you recommend a good RPG to get into? How much do you like to die? <laughs> right here, do you buddy. Want, do you want top down action RPG or do you want like over the shoulder third person? Do you want Skyrim or do you want Diablo? Path of Exile is the new up-and-coming one that's really fantastic that is super micromanagement kind of stuff for all skills, trees, and stuff like that. So there's a, there's some options out there that are that are big. Diablo 4 is right around the corner as yeah, well for coming. action RPG. It looks great, too. Oh, oh beautiful. Man. Uh, it looks fantastic. You've also got Diablo Immortals coming out for mobile, which I'm 50-50 on. It could be great. It could be complete dog shit. But. As far as RPG, I, I just played Outer Worlds recently, and as far as like straight-up role-playing game, I haven't yeah. felt that much like completely open ended open options in a long time where you can literally kill every single person you come across and still complete the story still complete the game get to an ending um or you can you know be friends with everyone you can be mean to some people and nice to other people like you can truly role play in that game which is i think a big achievement yeah um but you know me i'm wearing it right now uh, if you're going to talk to me about role playing, I gotta say Dark Souls, the Dark Souls series, and Bloodborne, and FromSoft in general. Um, not Sekiro though, because it wasn't role playing because you were playing a character in that one. Um, you couldn't make your own character. And, sec- and also, I, so I didn't like Sekiro because I don't like playing Guitar Hero when I'm playing my role playing games. But right. um, and that was just, you know, dodge, dodge, parry, 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 dodge, dodge. Ugh. So yeah, so I'm always gonna say Dark Souls though, because I'm a Dark yeah. Souls freak. I'm a FromSoft freak. How how could you have known that he was going to ask that question for you to wear your Dark Souls tank? I today? did not. It's just I just wore it because I love Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I am I am that nerd. I'm 100% that nerd. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Martin. Uh, next up, Kyle uh, has three questions. Since I won't make the chat Saturday because I'm going to a rodeo. Yeah. One qu- one is complex. The other two are straightforward. So here it goes. With Seth, Seth and Becky reportedly going on a break to get married and have a honeymoon after Mania, how do you book around Seth's absence in all likelihood until he comes back? 
for the build to SummerSlam. Buddy isn't ready to, excuse me, it's Murphy, isn't ready to play Judas yet as a character from what we've seen so far, and AOP aren't necessarily leader characters. Uh, how do you, if Seth and Becky are both leaving Raw, your, are your top two stars on Raw, and they're going to be gone for, let's say, two, three months? They're AOP and not, not leader characters? Well, they're certainly leaders in suggestive, suggestive symbols uh, on their chests, but uh, no. That was a great thread, by the way. Whoever started that, what their finishing move would be. <laughs> the, the author's of Poon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. Thanks yeah. a so lot for it, thanks a lot for JB for ruining the authors of pain forever by pointing out that their symbol looks like a vulva. The obstetricians um, of pain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the finishing, the finishing move, move of the pap smear. What was that Andy Jessup's one who suggested that? I said I said the finishing move should be the uh, uh, sweet quim music. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we have fun here, guys. Oh, geez, that's that's um, two conversations we've had I, in a row about genitalia. All right, let's yeah. move on. Uh, as I, Seth, don't Seth think, I don't think I don't think the break. world's going to end on Raw if Seth and Becky disappear for a month to to go to exactly. plan their wedding and have a honeymoon. It's going to be in enough. June. Tell me what you're missing out on in June, or or even Backlash. like end of April into into June. If if you know, it's one of those <laughs> things where it builds up to WrestleMania and Seth and KO finally have it out at WrestleMania, and Seth gets beaten into a pulp and then disappears, and Becky gets murdered by Shayna and disappears, and they go off for a month because, quote, Becky's injured, and, quote, Seth has been beaten to a pulp, and they're gone for a month off of TV. No big deal. I don't think that, I don't think that, uh, I think that you can have it, um, sh- you know, have, have Murphy be kind of adrift or have him trying to hold it together while Seth is on the sidelines or something. Like, there can be a little mini story that happens until Seth yeah. comes back if you yep. want to keep keep that Give Murphy together. a feud of his own. Look at what they're doing with Inner Circle on AEW. There's like five feuds going on around Inner Circle right now. You're telling me you can't build more than one feud out of a, te- a, a, a main guy, a, a sidekick, and a badass tag team? There's, there's so much you could do with those guys while they go off for a month and yeah. do stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like you have to advance the characters that far if Seth nah. goes away for a little bit. Yeah, nah, it'll be fine. Uh, next up, he said, with Otis stepping out from hiding when Mandy was leaving this week, are we beginning to see that line between sweet and creepy? They've been straddling, crossed in how it comes off on TV with Otis. I, I don't want Jaden Stalker to come it. into this, but I didn't. I didn't read it. Yeah, I didn't read just, it. That. I, re- I read it like he had come to say hi and like saw that o- that Ziggler was standing there and didn't want to confront Ziggler at that moment. It wasn't like he was like creeping up and overhearing it was, or and, and like stalking her. It was that he just happened to overhear it. It may have not played that way to you. I and and maybe they're they're going to go that way. I don't think they should go that way. No. Um, it's going to be I, a chivalrous knight in shining yeah, armor kind of moment thing. I I feel if it read that way, that was not the intention. No. Him being creepy. No, I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, if, lastly, if, if, he's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, that's it. I think I think right. if they if they're worried that it goes that direction, they'll pull it back and try to get back to knight in shining armor. Yeah. yeah. Lastly, he says looks like we're getting Dijak versus Lee again, since Lee is probably g- getting sent to Maine after Mania. I think that's an unfair assumption, by the way. Should this be a stipulation match for the final time in NXT, and what should it be? Me personally, I dream and dread at the thought of these two men being given a ladder to get the title after Portland. Let's get nuts. <laughs> you want to oh, get nuts? No. Let's get nuts. No, I, this is you know I love ladder matches. This is these are two guys I don't want to see on a ladder. No. You shouldn't put guys the size on ladder. Someone's going to get injured. That's just a bad idea. I booked that's my big hoss ladder match for for Mania. So yeah, I, that's uh, big hosses shouldn't be on ladders. It scares I, the crap out of me. Legs are going to get snapped. Like just no. 
I cage think, match or something, maybe. Sure. I think Keith, well, that's even scarier because then they're doing freaking moonsaults and Spanish flies off the top of the cage. So anyway, uh, I feel like Lee has probably got another six to 12 months in NXT. I don't think yeah. he's coming I don't out see this he's going cycle. To I think he's, he's yeah. probably next next in line to uh, challenge for the NXT championship. He'd make a fantastic face champion. That's that's your explanation for it. I just think that he's one of those guys that's become core NXT. And I'm, I'm sure Vince saw him was like, oh, I like that guy. But I don't think that Vince is going to poach him just yet. I'm, I could be wildly wrong on that. And Vince could totally poach him after WrestleMania. And I would dread it if he did. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that Lee sticks around NXT for quite a while longer. I think there's a lot he's got, more. He's got a down. banger of a theme. Great logos for, and merch. He, he's he's a great talker on the mic. He's got his little signature move things already. Like, he's packaged. He's he's turnkey, in my opinion. Oh, he yeah. He could easily go up after Dude, Mania and make Did you flash. see uh, the backstage uh, show this week? By the way, great episode uh, of Backstage yet, this no. week. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, Keith Lee was on. Are those on the network, by the way? They are, are not. FS, that's but why if, I you have, of, if you have, like, the Fox... It's um, FS1, I think, right? I'm not DVRing it. I need to fix that. No, but if you have the Fox app, it's on there. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's, and there's a bunch of clips of it on YouTube as well. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Keith Lee was on. Great. Mark Henry just and, – and Booker both. Booker T both and Mark Henry. But more Mark Henry just lathering up Keith Lee. Like, they are, they are looking at this guy as the future, um, which is really cool to see. And, and hopefully that translates to people in WWE who are in creative. And they see him as, as being that. Um, but just not yet. Let him stay in NXT a little longer, please. Please, please. I'm terrified of guys going to main roster now. I really am. I'm more terrified about the going to main roster than Dijak and Lee in a ladder match. How about that? Hashtag keep it in your pants. Yes, there you go. Yep. Exactly. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. Hope we got all three of those for you there. Next up, Esme. Esmeralda. Hello. Hey, Pod Papas. Nick, happy to see the surgery went well. I hope you make a quick recovery. Thank you very yes. much. So I've been thinking a lot about the Golden Lovers lately. That's interesting. Okay. It really sort of opened people's minds to LGBTQ storylines in wrestling that they can indeed work. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that WWE should try to incorporate LGBTQ storylines, and what are some of the positives and negatives to that? I don't trust WWE to be able to, be able to pull off a storyline with the subtlety and elegance that they did the Golden Lover storyline, where it was nothing was explicit, nothing was over the top. It just was yeah. right um i think velveteen dream dances that kind of non-binary no, androgyny line yeah exactly that's, but that's not lgbtq really I that's understand. just like that's like an exotica or like sure. you know the gold dust kind of thing as well um so i don't think that that's it i think if you look at the the golden lover storyline it was just kind of there but they also built it up over so long that's what made it good as well um and I think we had this question last week or the week before where do we ever think that they're going to get it right with LGBTQ storylines? At some point, maybe, but I think it'll be NXT that does it right first. I don't think main roster has the attention span or the subtlety to be able to pull it off. And I think that's why we saw the Liv angle get dropped so quickly when they were like, oh, yeah, Lana and Liv are ex-lovers. Pull the shoot. Boom. They just, <laughs> yep. The, honestly, I, I appreciate the fact that they just said that that was what it was, and it was matter-of-fact. They never questioned their sexuality after that. But it was done as like a shock thing. It wasn't done as a um, 
something where they were trying to open people's minds. It was done as a, <laughs> these two ladies banged. You know what I mean? Like that was, that's how it felt. And so I, I don't rate that as being like a real LGBTQ storyline. No. So will WWE ever do it? Can they ever do it? Can they? Yes. Will they do it right? I doubt it. Um, one thing I'm hoping, real quick, is that AEW continues the Golden Lover storyline at some point by having Kota Ibushi come over to AEW. Um, and if New Japan and AEW can work out some sort of relationship, it can actually continue there. So, And it can be done right. I have a hunch that this is a judgment call by WWE based on fan base and audience. You still have... Um, a very large portion of society out there that does not believe that gay marriage should be legal. You uh, have a very strong evangelical base out there that does not believe in or could turn against something like this. You could you potentially stand to alienate a good portion of your fan base by introducing these kinds of storylines. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Let's stay objective here. Uh, so I want to make sure that I dance this line carefully because we, Ian and I have been very clear that we fully support all of that stuff and we want to see it make its way into modern wrestling. Done right. I don't, I don't want Chuck and Billy part two. Uh, uh, 100% agree. But I, I feel like it might be a judgment call of let's not do anything to alienate or stop people from giving us money. Or they <laughs> right. could potentially do something right. like that. Well, let's, so, let's be clear. AEW is already doing it. AEW already has an LGBTQ storyline going right now, and that yeah. is Nyla Rose is their women's champion. Let's that's, not forget Sonny Kiss as well, you know? Sure, and that's not even a storyline. The fact that that's not a storyline is in itself a storyline, right? You, the fact that but they're not making the a big deal about that. what's the thing that's making it a story? Is to me, is freaking to me, out about the fact that there's uh, a trans person as the women's champion. But I guess that's kind of what I'm, where I'm going with this is by saying that I think the best LGBTQ storylines they can tell are ones that aren't stories. It just exists, right? It just is. Yeah. Your, your uh, women's champions happens to be trans, but you're not making a big deal out of it. That's a storyline that isn't a storyline. It's just there. That's an LGBTQ storyline that isn't a storyline, but it's there. And that's actually, I think, more important than if they had made this the whole story of hey, this is a trans wrestler, now she's our champion, and it's a whole story behind who she is and how that happened, right? Um, and in the same way, you know, if we, for instance, like this Otis and Mandy thing that's going on, if you were to have uh, that kind of storyline, but just it happened to be um, an LGBTQ storyline, like, you know, if it was, uh, if Otis wasn't Otis, if it was Dana Brooke instead, for example, um, but they never made mention of the fact that it was that. They just played it as straight as they're playing the Otis and Mandy storyline. We'd right. consider it an LGBTQ storyline, except that the whole point would be, the point and the, the most important thing about it would be that you weren't making it about it being LGBTQ. It just happened to be LGBTQ. Yep. So uh, I, would rec- I think the most LGBTQ thing that WWE has done in favor of is have an openly gay wrestler in uh sonia deville and not daria, make mention of and daria so and, and not make a big deal out of it mm-hmm. but if you go back and watch i know a lot of you don't watch it but there was some really good insight on total divas this season where they had uh sonia basically introducing her girlfriend she they built her a, all of the late all of the female wrestlers uh helped her build a float mm. to be in the gay pride parade mm-hmm. there was all kinds of good stuff so 
is that door opening a little bit? I'm seeing that. Yes. Uh, is it going to make its way onto TV in a story form? I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if it would be the right thing to do at this point in time. And that's why they didn't also didn't pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I think I think they were smart to be like, ah, eh, we don't think this is going to come across well yet. Yet. Yeah. Yet. I I have hope. I have hope Same. that it will happen one day. So. Same. Thank you very much, Esme. Great question. Love talking about that. That kind. Of I, I got to say, sure. man, it's one of those things where I, every time I see progress like that, I think, what if Chris Canyon were alive today? One of the most underrated wrestlers of his era, uh, and he took his life because of a, a lot of stuff. But you know, part of it was the backlash that he got for coming out of the closet. So yeah, mm. yeah, it's so sad. It, it, it just what a waste. Who better than Canyon? Right. Uh, next up, Jacob asks, hey guys, welcome back, Nick. Thank you, sir. I really enjoyed TakeOver Portland this past weekend, but I felt mm. like I've seen that show before. What? <laughs> I mean, okay, I think I know what he's saying. I think I know what he's saying. Finish the question. Is NXT stuck in a pattern, or am I just watching too much wrestling? <laughs> I think that he's hitting on something there. Okay, so, I, I, first of all, I, 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 don't, I don't feel that way about NXT Portland. I felt like that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Agreed. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't even get they, a chance to recap it with you. And we, <laughs> I mean, and, and we saw, you know, Dijak and Lee do that match the first time, or the first really big time, I guess. Um, and yet I was still entertained by this iteration of it. So we literally saw that match before. And this was still a good, a good version of it. Um, as far as the end of the Champa and Cole match, that felt like, you know, we were making, we were joking about it earlier. That's where NXT, I think, is getting into a rut, where their main events have to become just like ridiculous kicking out of everything, tons of finishers flying everywhere, Canadian destroyers all over the place. Um, and that might be getting a little old and a little stale. Um, as far as everything else, I can only say, that maybe, yeah, Jacob, maybe it is watching too much wrestling because I'll tell you, we watch a lot of wrestling too and there's a lot of stuff that I start seeing over and over and over and over again. Like SmackDown is just painful to watch because it just, it feels so rote. We've seen so many of those things so many times. Um, but I thought NXT TakeOver Portland, even the stuff that felt like it had been done before was still really entertaining because it was executed so well. Yeah. That was, that was my take on it. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't feel I don't stuck have much pattern. else to add. I think that you nailed yeah. it. You know, it's it's one of the listen, the finisher spam and the kicking out of everything yeah. is is very polarizing in the sense that there's a group of people that like it and that are fine with it, and there's a group yeah. of people that just hate it, like yeah. viciously. Just a finisher is a finisher, and it should finish the match and rubble, rubble, rubble. I get that, right? There is an argument to be made for that, but at the same time, I've never like caught myself not breathing more times than watching NXT TakeOver <laughs> main events. Exactly. That's very true. So, the problem oh, is, God! He's kicked out of oh, God. Point, at a certain point, though, it's going to numb us to their finishes. Like, they've got to pull it back so they can go back out again. You know, yeah. they they, they got to pull it in a little bit so that they can then go to those extremes again. They can't keep escalating in this way. Like, at a certain yeah. point, it's just going to get... It's going to start turning everybody off. I also say. feel like there's a part of a dynamic in NXT specifically that is uh, that caters to that crowd, right? That um, those guys are very hype, very 
up on it. It's different at the takeovers because it's a larger actual venue with a larger crowd. But I feel like the full sale audience is a very is very unique in in the industry. It's something that we don't really see much, you know, outside of Tokyo Dome kind of stuff. People that are just all in on that particular brand and have been there for the long haul and just love that kind of stuff. I, it's a, it's a kind of a niche crowd. It's kind of it's a it's a very niche smart crowd. So they like what they like, and I, right now it's looking like they like finisher spam and Triple H is steering <laughs> the ship into it. Well, at least live, live, yeah. I bet it plays great. It's oh, just freaking the out. Hype in the building must be insane. I can't, and that's can't infectious. Wait to go to it. It's yeah. infectious through the TV. So yeah, yeah. Good question, Jacob. Definitely yes, one to keep an eye on over the one next to, couple one of years. One to chew on. One to chew yeah. on. Uh, next up, Danielle. Nick, it's good to have you back up and running. Thank you very much. I've uh, been starting to watch older matches of main roster guys in New Japan. So far, it's been Shinsuke and La Sombra from a CMLL championship. What are two Gallows and Anderson matches and AJ Styles that are killer? Hmm. Uh, I can't not say the, um, them turning on Balor, uh, that was right at the beginning. I'm thinking of like actual match matches and the Gallows and Anderson match that I always think of when I think of them in new Japan is Gallows and Anderson. And it was tag league 2015, I believe. So that was kind of at their height. Uh, it was Gallows and Anderson versus Goto and Shibata in tag league. And it was just a war. It was awesome. Um, Carl Anderson was also, he was a singles wrestler a lot in New Japan. Um, and he had a bunch of great singles matches. His run in the G1 when he was in the G1 was great. His match with Tanahashi was great. Um, he also had a match against Nakamura uh, at, I think it was Power Struggle uh, that year. 15, I think. Might have been 16. Okay. Right around then. I can't, I can't remember which year. But uh, Anderson versus Nakamura, if you want to see how good both of those guys were in New Japan, there's one. Um, Nick, I found a match the other day that I was like, dear God, I've got to show Nick this match. And it involves Gallows and Anderson uh, back in the day. And that was, um, there was at one point a, a, a combined pay-per-view, a New Japan Ring of Honor crossover. Okay. called Global Wars. I remember that. it was in, in Toronto. Okay. And it was, at the time, the Bullet Club was led by AJ Styles. So it was AJ Styles, Gallows, Anderson, uh, and the Young Bucks. Bucks had come in, yeah. Yeah, so it was those five versus Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor was the Briscoes, War Machine, and Roderick Strong. <laughs> it so, was just, that was 2015. Danielle- I'm on the same page with you here. Ian formally inducted me into New Japan uh, pro pro wrestling with the 2017 G1, I believe it was. And I've been hooked ever since. But I've gone back and watched, like, the history, like the stuff Kevin Kelly does, uh, his his series that that are brilliant. The Bullet Club series was awesome. And some of the other stuff around Tanahashi and the rise of Okada and all. Like, I've watched the highlights, but I'm right there with you. Like, I, I love, I'm making mental notes right now, like, Power Struggle 2015. I gotta go watch that one. Like, go back into the app and watch. It's the yeah. best eight bucks a month you'll spend. It's better than the network in my. It opinion. sucks. The the, sur- the search is. You have to ash. learn how to navigate through yeah. it. Yeah, it takes miserable. a while to get to figure out how to get around in there. But once you do, uh, it it really is 
It's mm, a there's some, there's damn some unbelievably treasure good stuff. trove. Uh, AJ Styles, if you want good AJ Styles matches, obviously this is Wrestle Kingdom one against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, that was Wrestle Kingdom ten, I believe. Um, obviously, I'm a Minoru Suzuki fan, so AJ versus Minoru Suzuki when they were in the G1 Climax together was mm. was num, 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 delicious. Um, and of course, basically every other like good wrestler who was over there. Okada, he had a good match with Okada. Um, Cole was there for a minute. Yeah, Cole was there. I'm just thinking she was asking about AJ Styles. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Styles versus Okada. Was it Dominion? Styles Omega had some matches too leading up to the turn. And then uh, uh, Styles Tanahashi in the, cli- in the G1. I remember that being a really good one. So yeah, so there's basically Styles versus, if you see a, a match between Styles and any of the big names in New Japan, it was probably a good match. Yeah. It's probably a good match. Yep. Yeah. And most of those you can probably find on on the internet. You don't even need the app, but buy the app. It's worth it. Yep. Yeah, you just say AJ Styles Okada and just see what pops up. Yep. AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles Ibushi. Oh God, him and Ibushi. Uh, I don't even remember when that was, but it was around that time, around like 15 or 16. Uh, I think it was 15. Him and Ibushi. I don't even remember which pay per view it was, but that I think it was, that was sixteen because that was the that was when Kenny that was right before Kenny be, took over. So that would have made it two thousand fifteen then. So yeah, I think it was AJ Styles yeah. Ibushi. Just Google that YouTube search uh, AJ Styles Ibushi two thousand fifteen. See what you find. If you want something crazy as a bonus, go look up Ricochet versus Will Osprey. <laughs> Best of Super see, Juniors. You, you, yeah, yeah, you'll see where hashtag Flippy shit was. That's where Flippy shit came coined. from. The right. origin of Flippy shit. Yeah. <laughs> So. They 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 do rope running with handsprings. They don't even they're, they're not running. They're just they're just handspringing uh, back and forth. So. Uh, thank you very much for the question. Next up, Dominic. Hey guys, welcome back, Nick. Thank you, sir. Uh, what are your favorite finishers of all time? All categories, single tag team submission. Thanks, PS. Nice promo, Nick. I was expecting a heel comeback. I I don't this promo you guys are referring. I don't know what you're referring to here, Nick. I, a heel? You know, what are we talking? What are you talking did, about? Did something? Anyway, I. I was in a haze. I'm not sure what you guys are referring to, that, but okay. He's on um, Oxy right now. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. When you have to have a, a ramekin for all your pills. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, is, that, is that for your pills or is that your pee cup? What is that? No, it's because I have one hand in about 12 different pill bottles that <laughs> Esther politely opens and ah. puts into a ramekin for me. Thank you, baby. Um, let's see. What are your favorite finishers of all time? Single tag submission. Uh, oh God! Um, submission. I. I mean, I've always been a fan of the, of like the Chris Benoit's Crippler Crossface. Yeah. I know it's not. Um, it's seen so many like modifications and iterations uh, over the last couple of decades. Not yeah. when John John Cena does it, then it's terrible. But no, like a true Crippler Crossface, just yeah. it's and it's also genuinely, if you get put in it, it sucks. Oh God, it sucks. Um, I wouldn't well, want to be within a hundred feet of Chris Benoit, you know. Well, for all, multiple all, reasons, but well, let's not not the, for the controversial reasons. But that dude was right. scary. Yeah, he genuinely was. Freaking Wolverine. Um, Good lord. Single. Let's see. Uh, I mean, we we've had been asked this before. I was always like, I always said that you know the old school DDT, Jake Roberts DDT, where you're driving your opponent's head. Into the mat. Now it's a goddamn transitional move, but like back in the day, that was a finisher you could believe. Because if I'll tell you right now, if you're in a street fight, you get a guy in a headlock and you just drop onto your back onto the cement, the fight's over. He's out. It's done. It's done. It is. A, it's a finish. It's a finishing move that 
you could conceivably believe in the real world would end a goddamn fight. It's cold. You know, a stunner is a stunner is a, one of the greatest finishers of all time, if not the greatest, just because of the way Steve, Steve Austin executes it. Specifically, Steve Austin's stunner. Like, that is one of the greatest, submission, uh, greatest finishers of all time. It's a goofy goddamn move. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. It's a goofy goddamn move. The setup is goofy. The move itself is goofy. But goddamn, if that isn't one of the best finishers of all time. And Murphy might have topped Rock for the best sell last week. He backflipped. He did a I've never seen anybody backflip. do a damn backflip. Like even you know, you had Scott Hall who almost left the building. He flew so far. You had the Rock who flopped around like a fish. I've never seen anyone backflip on a stunner. Goddamn Murphy. Um. Doomsday device for tag teams. I mean, that's that's that's. I'm, I'm a big fan of Shatter time. Machine. Uh, you guys know I love the revival. I love. The I like Shatter the high low. I like the high low. Yeah, Shatter Machine. High low is good. Um, the Magic Killer is not bad. It's you know it is what it is. Uh, the AOP. I'm not a fan double, of Magic Killer. It's I, like you're rolling I, up a carpet. I love AOP chairs and the and then super power bombing the double power bombs. I wish they would still do that. I, I can't wish wait to the, see those guys the, like the have legit. Yeah, the Look legit tag team matches like we saw with them in DIY. I wish we hope we get some more of those. Um, yeah, singles for me. Oh, Andy Jessup, 3D. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. The 3D is the greatest tag team finisher. Ball. That's, uh, that that and Doomsday Device are just right there. Yeah. Damn, 3D is so good. I yeah, pop every time for it too, Andy. Dude, so right. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's all three, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I just haven't named a singles one yet because I, I don't know if like are there any that I go crazy about. I don't know. You didn't, you, you didn't pop like a madman for the stunner? People's elbow? I know you like the rock. Rock bottom! Rock bottom! I would pop for the announcers calling it, you know, and just it being the thing. Like back in the day when finishers would finish you <laughs> uh, to our question earlier, right? If rock hit the rock bottom and then rope ran and did a people's elbow on you, you were done, right? That was... As, as silly as it was. Um, you, know what's, I, listen, you know what's funny? Uh, what finisher I think does... I mean, I also... Undertaker, Choke Slam or Tombstone has got to be in there. But what finishing move... I, I loved back in the day when I first saw it, and I still, every time I really sit down and think about it, is a great finisher, and it's so damn intimidating, is the F5. Oh, yeah. And the scary thing, the thing I like the most about the F5, that's not a move everyone can do. Only Brock can get literally anyone up on his shoulders and spin them off. He's done it to everyone. He's done it to the goddamn Big Show. If you knew the Big Show, you can do it to anybody. So, and I'm sorry, when he does it to little guys like Seth or Finn, and they just go, and they go flying off. Uh, sorry, that's a great finisher. A move that I always thought Owen should have done more often was that super fisherman suplex. Ooh. Um, he did it to he did it in his first year when he was brought up. Uh, he did it in the debut match with Cena when he was still I, NXT champion, and it blew my mind. Is that why you like Nikki Cross's uh, Fisherman's Hook Buster? I, I love the Fisherman swinging neck breaker. Um, Elias does that as well. The drift away. Yeah. Um, it's it's it looks a little bit better when Nikki does it. Ruby Riot also had a draping draping neck breaker that she would do in NXT that I hope she would bring back at some point. It might be a little too risky, but she would put you up in the top rope. And, you know, it's kind of like what Randy Orton does with that draping DDT, except it's from the top rope and it's a neck breaker. Okay, here's one it's for you, It's an RKO, Nick. basically. Here's, here's one. Yeah, okay. 
I got I got a, I got a bonus question here for you. Okay. RKO, Diamond Cutter. Which one's better? You gotta pick a pick pick one. You can't say both. Diamond RKO. Cutter or RKO? RKO. RKO because of Randy. Because just how how he does it, the smoothness, the execution of it, yeah, yeah, and the the out of nowhere nature, the suddenness, of it. yeah. Same with his power slam. I, I, I think I he's evolved into the probably the better power slam. I sorry, Goldust. I like Randy's better. It's just snappier. Joe is going to hurt somebody if he <laughs> I, he's kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, good. <laughs> Hopefully, you learned your lesson with the muscle buster there, uh, sir. Uh, but anyway, sorry to dig up old scabs. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, I, think so. I I like moves that have technique to them. Like there is a something that makes it unique. Like when you're doing a fisherman buster kind of modification into, you know, a suplex of sorts, right? That one that he did to Cena off that second rope was just magnificent. He's done it a time or two, but I instead of going to the stunner, I wish he would have done something like that. Best so, top rope I, finisher. What's the best yeah. top rope finisher? No, no, I'm saying what's what's your best top rope finisher? Five star frog frog splash, man. Ooh. R V D. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Over over uh Eddie Guerrero's? Yeah. Oh man, uh, it's 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 that close though. It's neck and neck. Yeah, I've got a. It's, it's either Macho Man's elbow drop or uh, the Black Arrow for me. Yeah, I'd throw the six thirty in there too from Ricochet. Six thirty is cool, but Black Arrow is just nuts. Yeah, that's a. That, it's just absurd. Yeah. All right, we could talk finishers all Woo! day. <laughs> all right. Good question, Dominic. Thirty Good minutes one. later, here we go. Yeah, right. Uh, next up, Patrick asks. First of all, so happy you're back, Nick, and doing well. Thank you very much, sir. Much obliged. This week, my question is, do you think this will be Undertaker's last WrestleMania match? Oh, I feel Jesus. like he chose AJ so he could have one last good match on the grandest stage of them all. Dude, I have no idea what that guy Nobody anymore. knows, except I. Mark. He should know? have retired after the Roman match. That was the one. It was just too perfect. With the gloves long, and the hat. He's still drawing massive paydays for these, ex, these uh, yeah. you know, legends matches that he's having. It, he's not going to go away, nor would I. To come out and work for 10 minutes and get paid half a million dollars? I, yeah. I wish he would stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's harming his legacy at this point. Yeah, I wish he would stop. I, I think he should have legit retired after the streak was broken, left the hat and the stuff in the ring. and no, like The Roman match, match, the garbage Roman match where he showed how bad, he, like, how bad he's, he'd become. I know he's had surgery since then, has gotten back in shape, but the, he had the match. We were like, cool, yes, he's done. Uh, he passed the, the, the heat on to Roman. Uh, left the, and the hat and the gloves in the ring was the perfect send off and the turnaround and the the fist like I was I had the emotions yep. for that and then for him to come back and just keep going and going uh Mark stop the dude. Undertaker stop it's, dude uh, Vince stop. is just trying to keep going back it's, to the well I until they you. say until they just can't say yes anymore yeah and like seriously going to keep pulling him well and it, it's him too he can say no. He could say no anytime. It's just, but you know, as long as you can go back out there and do it more, sometimes you just it, don't. It stop. makes me wonder if he's into Vince for some. Like Rick was into Vince for eight hundred grand at one point, right? That story. I, I'm I, wondering if that's Mark's Rick into him. Flair, and you and I both know that Ric Flair's spending habits are. I abysmal. understand. He's been bankrupt more times than Goldman Sachs. Like he is absolutely a mess, and I, I think Mark's way more responsible than that. Although I, I know he went through that period of like bikes and hookers, but strippers. Excuse me. He was married to Sarah at the time. My bad, but um, you know it's it's 
it's one of those things where I feel like he's been more responsible in the long term. This is on him wanting to keep coming back and having matches. Look, Undertaker versus AJ Styles, I don't think it's ever happened before. Would I like to see it? Yeah, I would have liked to see it more 10 years ago. Now, <sighs> all right, it'll be something at least. But will it be his last match? Somehow I don't think so. And the reason I say that is because he keeps coming back for more matches. One. Two, AJ doesn't feel quite like the career capper uh, that even Roman felt like. So, yeah, I feel like he'll be back for more. I really I do. Still if I had, to put, like, I had to put money on something. I still feel like it should be Cena. Like taking out Taker for the last time? Yeah. I don't know. Something, let, something in my gut with those two kind of... Do you want some Ian booking? Go for it. Undertaker and Kane retire each other. Match ends when they pin each other, or they both can't sit up anymore. I'm processing. <laughs> I, I really love that. Would it work, though? Would it be what we want it to be? I don't think so. I, I feel I, like Cena could I go would out like there and them. muscle through it and put on a hell of a match yeah. with, for, for both of them. But I don't know if I just like the, I like, the poet, I like the poetry of the Brothers of Destruction fading out together. Like I like poetic endings. Do you know what I mean? And that would be that's the only poetic ending I can think of off the top of my head for him at this point. So I would anyway. love to see something where Taker in what could be his last match picks the wrong fight and somebody just beats him to a bloody pulp and Kane comes running out to save his brother and helps him out and that's kind of the that's the end. That's sort of I want, the poetic I, end. Yeah. I don't think them fighting is Eh, it'd be like watching molasses pour. What are they going to do? Choke slam each other to death? On Undertaker's last match, he should be led to the ring by Bruce Pritchard. Throwing that out there. You Throwing that there. out there. Throwing you that out there. there. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. What? Well, a couple more. Next up, thank you, Patrick. First of all, uh, Josh asks. I'll keep it simple. Who do you think is the best wrestler to never hold a world title? The best wrestler to never hold a world title. Jesus, I'd have to see a list. Crap. Uh, mm, I'm trying to think of all the people did that have Shamrock never held a world title. Did Shamrock ever get the championship? He did. I mean, are we are we talking best like sports entertainment wise or like technical standpoint? I'm thinking Blackman Shamrock. I'm wondering. I think those guys were fantastic, but never got the true accolade that they deserved. They were always those just. They they were the killers. I don't know if they were ever should. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'll be talking about just WWE or WCW because the best wrestler. He's not saying WWE. Off the top of my head, uh, Piper. Piper he never never had a world title. No. Wow, that's hard to believe. Isn't that crazy? Damn. Um, that's gonna. Uh, trying to think who else. Um, Andy Jessup says Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Scott Hall's another good one. Yeah, they have all the NWO guys. He never got it. He never got it. Um, Arn Anderson, who's a tag guy. That's right. And they never could get Arn and Flair after Flair left. They never could have get them back together. No, no. 
Um, I went, I went, here's a funny nugget. I keep I'm making Rick references because I watched in all of my stupors of the last three or four days. I went back and watched like 2015 and 2016 episodes of the Stone Cold podcast where they were videos, and one of them that was really good was Ric Flair. Uh, the Big Show and also is really is surprisingly good. Uh, just from the kind of the history, revisionist history, if you will, uh, the, the stories that come out of that. And there was this one that he had where they he tried like hell to get Arn to come over, um, yeah. and it just they just wouldn't wouldn't do it. And yeah, it's, Arn uh, they, is a good. They one. mentioned Jake the Snake in the chat. That is very true as well. I know why they didn't because of just the time he was in, but. Same with, you know, him and Roddy both like could there have were bigger stars like him and Roddy. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. him and Piper Ted, Ted were, DiBiase never won it back in the day. Um, and you weren't going to in that era. Rick those, Rude but, never won it back in the day. Orndorff never won it. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of guys you can look at. Barry Windham, like guys you can look at and be like, OK, they could have, but they just were always that second tier guy. Yeah. You know, what I mean, they never quite elevated when you had guys like Hogan just running the ship and Warrior, you know. So, uh yeah, that's all. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. But I think that's some that's some good ones in there. Yeah, that's also subjective to what your definition of a wrestler is. Do you want? It's also to, subjective to what your what your definition of like greatest wrestler too, because you know, right. like I, I just listed off some names like like Wyndham and and uh, and you know Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Like they're all great, but I can understand why they were never top guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. That wasn't their role. Roddy Piper was a top guy. Surprised he didn't get it. That's I'm not sticking with my Roddy. Roddy's my like number one. Like, why was he never the champ? I'm 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 lasering in on Blackman and Shamrock for some reason. My guts. I don't know why I... that way. <laughs> uh, he also says, Nick, don't be so salty. JB could never replace our boy. Aww, that's right. Unless her and Ian go live, she's a lot easier on the eyes. Hey, that's very true. That's very true. Nick has a better beard, but she is much easier on the eyes. She, she is gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, finally, last but certainly not least, Marshall asks, "Welcome back, Nick. One winged angel." <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the one winged part right. Yeah, busted wing. Uh, with the announcement of AEW's action figures, does this take them to the next step of legitimacy? And what is I- their next step? Yeah, doesn't uh, it, hurt. It was, it was inevitable. Absolutely, doesn't hurt. Um, wh- what do we all remember from kids? We remember Wrestle Buddies and you know the the stuff, what, and we remember the ring. What makes them and, legit is how good those figures look. God damn, yeah, I want them. I mean, th- they knocked it out of the park. I mean, like even the torso has a flex point. Like that's a little the, weird. It, make, it makes Moxie look like he's got some sort of weird rib cage thing going on. <laughs> screw the kung fu grip. I mean, they, the, the 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 amount of joints and motions that how those dare can you? Do. How dare you? GI Joe <laughs> is mad at you right now. Uh, what is the next step? I think this is a good way to close out. I've been Next saying... Step, video since, game. Video game. They're saying in the chat right now, I agree with them. You know Kenny Omega is, is, is making... He's, he's already working on it. going to be a video game. He's already working there on it. There will be 100%. You heard please, it. Please please don't commission 2K games, though. <laughs> it has not worked out well. No. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, um, my it, I'm just... I'm thinking of, like... What is is it a video game? Is that the next thing? Like Absolutely. we've said, I've said personally, I want to give them six to twelve months before I really begin to judge anything about it. Give them time to do things like action figures, merch, video games, things like that. I don't know if that legitimizes them, but I'm looking at like what's the next big thing. 
I honestly think it's the it's some sort of network. It's some sort of monthly subscription platform that where they can begin to archive and have replayable content, develop original programming around their superstars, introduce some level of developmental, whether that's a partnership with Joshi Stardom, whether that's something, whether that's uh, New Japan. We don't know. I think there's gonna there's gonna be one more step that we've yet to see uncovered. It's been rumored, the Forbidden Door and all that stuff, but I, I'm wondering what that next big business step is. No, you're, I think you're, you nailed it with the with the quote-unquote Forbidden Door thing, like getting to a point where they're more legitimate in the wrestling world. And I think that it, part of legitimacy is going to be them sticking around as much yeah. as anything, like just being around. Stamina. Ultimate goal, I think, would be to have pop culture awareness, or at least more than they have right now, because... WWE is pop cultural awareness, awareness because of nostalgia because everyone still remembers the Attitude Era and Hulk Hogan and all of that. Um, and AEW doesn't have that, that history. So when they're showing up on morning shows, when they're uh, popping up at sporting events, people know who they are. Like That will be, that I think needs to be what they're aiming for in terms yeah. of public awareness. Um, you know, well, just having, just having a toy line, having a toy line or a video game or a breakfast cereal or ice cream bars doesn't make them legitimate. It's a nice thing to have. You know what I mean? Legitimacy you, is legitimacy is what did Andy say? And that's exactly where I was going with the whole network thing. I've speculated oh, yeah. that Tony Khan could write a check tomorrow for either Impact and or Ring of Honor. And if you saw that happen, you immediately get that entire TNA library. You get all of the Impact stuff. You get all of the Ring of Honor stuff for the last two decades. Bam. There's your content library. Plus, you can then take that some additional stuff, develop. Uh, what's the New Day doing? Podcasts and video game playing tournaments with the superstars and fun side content. I'm telling you, man, I've been saying it since before they launched. Yeah. You're going to have to have a plan for an online streaming platform in 2019-2020. It's an it's inevitable. Yeah. Well, got they got the it. YouTube stuff going pretty strong for them, so they got that. Big time. Big time. And if you could make that over, take that over to the network and make it exclusive, that could be a big deal. That also could be a cuts, big deal. cuts off a lot, but if they do that, they have to make it free and out there because, again, that's what I'm talking about in terms of you know getting the awareness of mainstream acceptance is it's got to be out there for anyone to go look at. Yeah. So making it exclusive probably wouldn't be a good idea. Some content, yes. Yeah. But still we'll want to draw, draw, no, draw new eyes to it. There's been a whole thing going on lately with uh, Twitter and Fight TV trying to shut down people who, people who make GIFs on Twitter, um, which go GIFs? some of the... I mean GIFs. And they go mimetic and they bring eyes to your product. I think AEW should actually be supporting people who are making GIFs of their product because that's free advertising. Yeah. And one of those... like look at, look at what Keith Lee is doing for NXT. That man's a GIF machine. A machine. There's, I've seen people in conversations and they know nothing about wrestling and they're throwing Keith Lee gifts out there. They know, they'd have no idea who this guy is. It was just funny looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's a, there's a market there. Totally. Well, guys, that is it. Thank you very much to all of our patrons for all of your awesome questions this week. You guys deliver week after week all of these awesome questions, and it just helps us make more content for you guys. So thank you very much. If you'd like to get your questions in every week for just $5 a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up, become one of the awesome, phenomenal ones with everyone else, and you get access to all kinds of cool stuff like bonus episodes, sweet swag, Skype calls with Nick and Ian, all kinds of good stuff over there. Hell, you could even go full-on nature boy status 
and become an exec producer of the Busted Wide Open podcast for a very reasonable price every single month. But guys, uh, that is it for our show today. BWOPodcast.com for all of our social links. Make sure you're following us everywhere. If you're watching on YouTube, links in the description to everything below in the uh, description underneath this video here. Make sure you get into Discord because we've got Revolution coming up. Super Showdown on Thursday. We will have a chat channel for that so we can make fun of it all uh, live while it's happening. I believe it starts at noon Eastern, uh, that show, next Thursday. Really? So we'll definitely want it. Yeah, it's middle of the day kind of stuff for us here in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's early morning for you. You'll be coming oh. over from work Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Thursday morning. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, awake time for that. BWPodcast.com. Follow us everywhere. Thank you to all of our patrons for all these awesome questions. And make sure you guys are subscribed to this YouTube channel, youtube.com slash open. And hey, give us a like on the video if you like what you're listening to or any other videos that you find here on the channel. The algorithms appreciate it, and we need them subscribers. So thank you guys for all the work you do in spreading the good word of the Busted Wide Open podcast. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Would somebody stop the damn man? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.